Hello and welcome to Healing From Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Teacher and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our challenges are not economic, political, or societal, just a spiritual disconnect from our true being or soul wisdom. And I am most delighted today to welcome Sandra Shaw, author of Avilio's Garden and a self-described naturalist who has spent the last 29 years in Costa Rica, uh, and she shares her remembrance of the earth that captures her connection to nature, to becoming aware of how important it is to take care of our environment. Hello, Sandra, and thank you for joining us on Healing From Within to share your brave, bold journey of exploring Costa It is <laughs> amazing of exploring Costa Rica and your inner emotional landscape as well, because that's what this show is about, duality, our physical and our spiritual emotional life. So your book is perfect it's a real pl- for that. It's a- it's a real pleasure to be here, Cheryl. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Sandra, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests and I share intimate stories and insights, helping us to awaken more fully to the true nature of our duality and begin to explore energy and soul essence so we may live more fully in the physical world of nature, man, and spirit. In today's episode of Healing from Within, author Sandra Shore will share her friendship with Avilio and others in her life who helped her create an organic garden, but also a garden of love and understanding and trust in the universe. In the difficult year battling unpredictable weather, wild animals, and toxic chemicals, Their friendship grew, and Avilio taught Sandra about the sustainability of rural Costa Rica in decades past, and their relationship led Sandra to open up to her difficult past and combine hers with Avilio's stories, creating profound personal change for both of them. Sandra, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that might have signaled to them or to the others around them what interest, lifestyle, or work they would pursue as an adult. For often the story of one's life begins to be visible quite early on. Uh, I knew this was going to be your first question since I've listened to some of your other interviews, Cheryl, so I'm prepared for it. I wrote my first autobiography at the age of nine. And I, it was a, a page and a half. <laughs> I hadn't lived very long at that stage. I showed it to my mother, and she loved it, and she laughed. And she said, you're going to grow up and be a writer. Yeah, it's, so not, it's nice to get validation and, and, and uh, someone you love to, to, to uh, share your enthusiasm and encourage you. So you got that. But I, I, you, wrote, I, you wrote this, and, I, and I'm going to if you don't mind, read it for the audience because they may get some uh, idea of your earlier life. 
and you wrote, I remember the sound and smell of a northern October, a sneaky gust of air bearing the chill scent of winter to come, shattering dry leaves across the road, swirling around my legs, and rattling my paper bag as I plodded along on Halloween nights to the clutch of houses a mile down the road. I had an inkling of that same wind last night. Was my little sister Allison in tow on those Halloween nights? Surely, although I wouldn't have taken her hand. It says a lot about the time and place, 1958, rural Pennsylvania, that our parents allowed two little girls to walk a mile and back on a dark, deserted country just for Halloween treats. We had no fear but our parents weren't paying much attention to us anyway because they were in a crisis, the biggest one yet, which was to bring major changes for all of us for decades to come. So, there it is, how it begins early on in life, how we you were allowed to do something, and at that time, maybe there wasn't such necessity for such fear as we have right now in the modern world. Uh, no. But, but what was the challenge your, your parents had? What was the challenge? That, well, it was an infidelity on my mother's part. Oh, usually, and, um, we, usually we hear about that more on the father's part, but it happens the other way, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was emotionally abused and physically abused by her own mother, and... Um, my father was not a very sympathetic human being, and uh, um, so I think she just rebelled. I she think she was, was doing. Enough. Yeah, I think uh-huh. she was doing what all us, all of us are doing. We're looking to move from fear and negative emotions to joy and positivity and happiness and love, and that's all she mm-hmm. was looking for. And so I, I don't. Know. We don't judge anyone because everyone has a life path. And they have to find their way, and there are difficulties along that way. And in every fun- in every family, there are these situations. But mostly people hide it. So I'm so glad that you shared it, because people have got to know. Uh, it's natural in a way. All of it is natural and normal. And every event, no matter how difficult, gives us an opportunity to learn and to move past it to create something else in our life. So that, that that's why you said. And and I think there were some alcoholics. Who was, a, who was an alcoholic she in was your a, life? Yeah. She was an alcoholic also. Yeah, because yeah. she had pain. She had fear. Yeah. She, she had this, yeah. She, yeah, she did. I bet you she love did. her more now knowing what you know. And knowing. You know, it's in- interesting. My sister and I have, uh, since the, the, the death of our parents a few years back, we've done a lot of talking about our family and our growing up and we've sharing memories. And um, I think we both now realize just how much um, our mother loved us in, in spite of all of her difficulties. Isn't that, uh, and that's isn't that a I, gift? I, isn't that a beautiful it, gift? It is a beautiful gift. And that's why I dedicated the book to mom. Excellent. That's really that's really beautiful. So uh, you also wrote, writing was my way out. Entering another world is easy for me. I let myself go and open my eyes and heart and fall into it. And since I know I'm probably going to write about it later, I pay attention to the 
details. Perhaps, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's a great gift. And I'm an empath and a medium, so I also pay attention to the details. And when I enter into meditation and connect to higher self or the afterlife, I suck up life as an empath. And it, it's a great, it's a great gift. It's a great talent. And you have it also. So uh, I love that you said that. So let's go on to Costa Rica. I haven't been there yet, but I hear it's really nice. And I probably hope I get there sometime. How did you get to Costa Rica? And how long have you lived there? And describe the house you built and some of the people with you. Well, um, actually, I, I now have can celebrate 30 years in Costa Rica because June 1st was the um, was the date, and um, I came here with a former husband. Um, we were both getting burned out in our own um, little public relations business in Philadelphia, and um, he was. We were both looking for an alternative, and we just happened to run into a, an honorary consul from Costa Rica. And she told us how easy it was to get residency here. And um, my husband had served in um, with the Army Air Corps in um, Panama during the uh, Korean conflict. And so he, he figured he could live in Central America. And so he sent me down alone <laughs> to explore. Wow, you were country. brave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that was brave. <laughs> with about three words of Spanish. <laughs> um, but um, it, it, I just found it so beautiful and the people so helpful and kind that I thought, yeah, this would be a nice place to be. And, of course, it is a gorgeous country. It just uh, the, the the biodiversity, the, the the green everywhere. Green is such a healing color, I think. Yes, it is. Um, it's the color of the heart chakra. And uh, is that, it? Yes, and that heart chakra connects us uh, to relationships, and it's the first chakra of the four top chakras that connect us to spirit and to life beyond here. So it's a very important color, and it's a very important uh, concept that you noticed. You are surrounded in a country of green, lushness, and and beauty, and it has uh, done a lot to restore uh, your confidence and whatever else you have suffered in your childhood and I, 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 I'm inspired by the beauty of nature and I'm inspired by the ocean and I'm inspired by kind people and these are all the things that our soul seeks and you found it in Costa Rica and I find it uh, in my meditations and my readings for people and working with the chakra system the seven main chakras of our physical body that connect us to spirit and think mm-hmm. about a rainbow all the colors of the rainbow when they merge together and make white light they connect us uh, to the best in ourself and beyond this world and green is there all, all the colors of the rainbow are the colors of the chakras actually uh-huh. Uh-huh. it was so interesting what you said about the heart chakra because uh, here um, I, I have really healed um, and my my effort to observe nature closely, which, which was what the book was originally all about, was uh, was just a way of connecting me to um, to spirit in a way that I had never been connected before. So I um, I'll never leave. <laughs> I'm stuck you, here. Well, you found your your physical home in the physical world, 
Now, if that's what motivated you to move there so many years ago, that's what you were looking for. And it wasn't mm -hmm. random, and it wasn't by chance that you met that person who steered you in the right direction. We're all being guided to fulfill our destiny and our life plan, and nothing is random. So uh, I, I would say you said in the book that you had lived in cities and tiny apartments and cramped row houses and office cubicles, and Costa Rica opened up a part of yourself that had forgotten your country childhood. So, yeah, yours was a journey of the soul to break free mm -hmm. of a restricted childhood and to be part of the eternal beauty and graciousness of living a bold and open-hearted way to connect to all of life and the energy of Costa Rica and the people who are so civil and loving, right? They're, they're good people, basically. And the they people, are. land, and freedom of living a simpler, more involved life. And, and you found it. That's what mm -hmm. your soul desired, and and, yes. and you find it. So we, we extend to our listeners, you know, when something radiates like that within you, resonates within you, if you just put your intentions on it, even if you think there's no way to do this, it will happen. If that's your path, it's going to happen. And your story shows me that, and it will show others that too. So I hope so. Oh yes, and and you went there not speaking English, but not speaking Spanish. But then you learned and you became fluent, and you and you taught others. So how did that happen? <laughs> well, I, <clears throat> my mother was a great traveler, and she um, she would always buy um, back in those days. They were LPs, you know, language LPs, <clears throat> and um, and she would always try to learn a few words of the language of any country she was planning to visit. And I was always fascinated listening to these strange sounds. Um, but, like, but for her, uh, it was uh, learning a, a language was opening a door into another culture, another life, another way of seeing the world. And I really um, was imbued with that idea. Um, and I, I picked up languages pretty pretty quickly, um, but I lost them again just as quickly. Um, I've got a little talent for language, but um, not one and that for, is sustained. And for writing. <laughs> Maybe they go hand in hand. <laughs> Could be. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. But now. Maybe. But, now, yeah, no, I just decided to become bilingual. That was one of my um, my, my real goals in being here, was to, to work at it, to, to study it. And, uh, well, now and you're, finally. Yeah, now, now you, hit, you hit on it. Now you hit on how you were able to do it. You wanted to. You put the effort and time and consistency. You knew you wanted to stay there, and you had to learn the language. To become a yes. citizen of Costa Rica, you had to yeah. learn the history and the language. So mm -hmm. there was no failure for you because you were going to do this, and you needed to do this, and that's why you were able to. And you had help. I'm sure you had help. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, local high school teachers helped me uh, prepare for the, the citizenship exams, and um, it, it was just a, a group effort. I felt that I had a whole lot of people behind my back. Well, isn't, was, that, um, isn't that what we all want to learn about life? How many people here we can open up to and ask for help? And for me as a medium, I ask for help for myself and for a lot of other people from spirit because they love us and they 
are only too uh, eager uh, to help us, but we have to ask. Most mm-hmm. people have a problem with that. Some trust has been lost during childhood, and to retrieve that and parts of our soul that may have been wounded, uh, we have to learn to move past those restrictions. And you have, your journey has certainly taken you far away from America, from the United States, and to a land that you love and to beauty and and everything that you've done. But we, you also have uh, uh, described your ex-husband's gruesome suicide and your divorce. I mean, I don't want our people to just think uh, that it's about your organic garden and, and, and uh, the beauty of Costa Rica that healed your soul, uh, but it was the people that you dealt with and their uh, difficulties that also helped you realize a great deal about yourself and life in general. So tell us something about your your husband. You were married to him quite a while, I would imagine. Yeah, we were together um, for 16 years. Um, uh, he was an alcoholic also. I mean, I think when you grow up with alcoholics, you kind of are are cued to find more alcoholics in your life. <laughs> well, it might be that alcoholics are cued to find a sensitive soul like yourself who would be able to deal with them and live with them. And um, they're, well, they're, they're I, yeah, pretty astute at doing that, I would think. Well, I tried to help him and countless countless times, and and um, sure. it just ne- never never worked. And he was, as a consequence, he was very manipulative and uh, uh, negative, and um, it just abusive, really emotionally abusive. Mm. And I think that that's part of the alcoholic syndrome, um, it, blaming everybody else uh, for his problems. He actually said to me once, uh, if. Uh, if you loved me more, I wouldn't have to drink so much. <laughs> oh, well, I've heard that before. But you know what? I have to say this. I must put this in. It's very important. You wrote, uh, we had moments of love, of connection with my family. I might not otherwise have had of adventure and travel. We shared music books, exciting work. But he always wanted to be sent to stage. He desperately needed the attention, and he was manipulative, jealous, controlling, vindictive, blaming. My big mistake was falling into the responsibility trap. I thought love was a feeling of responsibility, and you thought you could change him. But what it sounds like to me, which I don't know if you've thought about, is that he had narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. which seems to be a growing problem in our modern times. And it could be women or men who have it. And quite simply, these people can't be helped or changed, and, and they harm other people because they, they, live, they live in a world of drama and chaos and unhappiness. And it, when I read that, because I've done several shows on this, and I've been aware with clients who have had issues that you described, and that's what it sounded like. They can be so charming. They mm-hmm. can be so, uh, get people on their side to believe everything. Yeah. But, but, it, but they're, on they're the salesmen. other end. They're salesmen. Yes, salesmen. And on the other end of it, they're living in fear of being discovered because yeah. they understand the drama and they blame others like he did with you. And mm. I, I know you know that now, mm. that it was never about you. 
It was always his journey and his opportunity to change if he could. But sometimes these people, unfortunately, because I like to have a solution for everybody and everything. Since I'm a little girl, that's always been my journey to help people and to, to improve situations. But I've come to learn that people are on their own path and they have to uh, do what they can to 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 be uh, as viable in this life as possible, but they might not conquer all these other inner struggles, you know. So mm-hmm. let's go on to what kind of environmental work have you done in Costa Rica? Well, I helped found um, three different uh, nonprofits. Um, one of them was dedicated to uh, <clears throat> saving the watershed. This is one of the most important. Excuse me. <clears throat> watersheds in Central America, um, the lake and, and um, the power stations. Um, <clears throat> and um, there were developers just coming in and walking all over our environmental laws. Uh, you know, we have great legislation in this country, but not enough um, funds to to enforce them. And so our job was to try to get the attention of the <clears throat> the um, um, the, the institutions that would be responsible for for uh, stopping this kind of um, development, un, unwanted and ugly development. But you and, did work uh, on all in all those uh, areas, and you did do some. I'm sure you did a lot of good to to, well, to make we, we, we stop some. We good. did stop some, and that was very 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 rewarding. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it was. And then. I also worked as a, the president of the Municipal Environmental Commission, which was, I know, I got named to that without any um, particular um, desire on my part, but I, I took the job anyway. And um, and I, what I did, which nobody else had done before, was bring together um, the people from the, the Ministry of the Environment, the Ministry of Health, the Ministry of Agriculture. Um, then there was a private foundation involved with the environment also. And so just put everybody together into a room, which they'd never been before, and they started solving problems. You know, we, we closed a, a local sawmill because it was in the middle of a residential area. We uh, We closed the municipal dump, which was not only an eyesore, but it was environmentally damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. we, we got, they started to get things done, and um, that was just so rewarding. I mean, I, I worked at that. Well, it seems to me your whole journey there has filled you with great joy and positivity and love, however it worked, at, and even with the difficult challenges. But what would you like readers to take away with them after reading your memoir? I think that if we don't pay attention to the natural world, we have no particular reason to to want to save it. Um, so I think we are in a terrible, terrible situation with climate change. Yes. And we have to we have to dedicate ourselves to to uh, finding solutions, and or we're going to exterminate ourselves. Um, I think if we are connected to the natural world in some way, um, be it a house plant in a New York apartment or, or a walk in the park, uh, we need to, to absorb some of the, 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 
the healing power of of green and and nature and uh and, and if we can then we'll have some some reason you know, some Sandra, desire to save it you know Sandra I think it's happening in many many ways it's not only the planet that we have to restore it's humanity our values our mm-hmm. loving each other and, yeah. and and understanding who we are as spiritual beings having a physical life and i believe books like yours and my newest book also which is out a a new life awaits spirit guided insights to support global awakening are reaching a lot of people the energy we're putting out is doing good and i i have great hopes for the future i i i always even in the darkest time see the light and and i think that's what we what's happening i think it's that's happening very encouraging Jill. i think so i i think so so i want to thank you sandra Shaw, author of your newest book avilio's garden which is a bold and introspective look at life in a foreign land costa rica and an awakening to true healing as a result of change friendship and an open heart and mind to learn more about the beauty of life in costa rica and a growing awareness of how to help preserve our beautiful world of nature go to sandrashaw.com in summarizing today's episode of healing from within sandra shaw has described in vivid language and stories of her love both in the united states and costa rica the urge of the wandering soul to self-fulfill their wildest dreams by moving out of their comfort zone and learning to love life, nature, and the beauty of all living things on this planet, allowing for a growing awareness of our true soul capacity to expand and improve self and the community. Sandra wrote, We've been here long enough to see people come and go. Some can brave the remoteness, the vagaries, of the climate and the strangeness of the culture and some can't some people get attached to the land and some don't when i was growing up my family never lived long enough in one place for me to become bound to the land we lived in some beautiful and some not so beautiful places both rural and suburban from my college years until i came to costa rica i moved even more frequently living exclusively in cities. It was a little shock to realize when we started building this house in Costa Rica in 2004 that I'd lived on Lake Arenal and on this particular plot of ground longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life. You can't get attached to the earth in Philadelphia or in New York. How many millions of people never do It's this attachment that fires my desire to protect it. Not just my attachment to this particular plot of land, but to the whole planet. Sandra and I would hope you can find people and places that pique your excitement in living creatively and lead you to discover how to serve and grow yourself and contribute to the planet in ways that may not have material concerns, just the outpouring of love.
I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within and author of my newest book in the trilogy, A New Life Awaits. And I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about the fantastic journeys of worldwide metaphysicians, visionaries, scientists, spiritualists, medical and psychological professionals, artists, musicians, and everyday people seeking awareness and a more loving reality. Show Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.